0: me when I do what I do, I do what I'm doing, but I'm doing it like I'm doing it for TV. I, 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 I. I, keep your hands up. What? what? Put your hands up. Come on, come on. Keep your hands up. Way back. Wave back, way back, way back. Put your hands up back way back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for a third week of What the Football Podcast. I'm joined by my co-hosts Rudz Khan, all the way from Melbourne. How are you, sir? Smiling after that great win this weekend?
1: What a win. What's happening, Khan? What's happening? Ronaldo's home.
0: (laughs) He's home, baby. He's home. And of course, the smile has returned to our resident Arteta fan, Wade Trower. The first win of the season, a clean sheet. Arsenal are challenging for the title, surely.
2: Yeah, well it was never in doubt, you know. Um we had to give give you all a bit of a head start, but we'll get there, you know. We like to keep it interesting at the Emirates, so now happy to be off the mark, man.
0: Definitely, definitely. And let me tell you guys, we have a fun, soaked show today with plenty of hot topics. We'll be covering off obviously our first segments from our moment of the week. Looking at the wrapper on the grounds, discussing a few incidents that occurred this weekend. You know, the Harvey Elliott injury, Spurs being completely dismantled by Crystal Palace, one piece at a time. Brighton up to sixth in the table after Everton's win last night. And of course, Everton sitting in fourth spot. We also have a new part of this segment, which will look at the performance of uh, of the week. Um, And our pundits will decide who is the player and team of the week. We'll then move on to the analysis corner where the guys will dig in deep and talk about the return of Ronnie. What did we learn from Ronaldo's uh, second coming, if you will? And, of course, we cannot move any further without discussing the the achievement of the fifth fastest man to the 100 Premier League club, Mohamed Salah. We'll also take and ask the pundits' view on what they think of him as a Premier League legend. Of course, our favorite segment, one very popular with all the uh, fans we have out there. Who the heck is it? With our resident trivia master, Ruds. And the wrap-up of uh, some of the final thoughts from our pundits. So sit back and enjoy. I guess with that segue, guys, what a weekend. Some crazy results, some interesting results. Um, If I look at some of the main ones that kind of stand out. You know, Chelsea dismantling Aston Villa. Um, having said that, Villa probably put in a very good performance and wasted a lot of chances. Liverpool with a sublime performance against Leeds away from home at a, a very tricky Ellen road. Arsenal getting their first away win of the season. Um, West Ham dropping more points. Uh, and, of course, Rudd's is waiting for me to say it. United with a 4-1 demolition of Newcastle. So... Guys, what do we make of those results? Some interesting ones. Uh, Wade, I'll start with you. Get good to get the monkey off the back and a clean sheet. Yeah, wrapped. Um, look, it it it's, it was it was coming. You know, uh, I thought it was a bit overblown. Us being in last position after the
2: first few rounds. You know, we did play the European champions and the Premier League champions, so. Like I said to you guys, I think in the first episode we did, for me, we, we'd we only dropped three points, really, that we shouldn't have against Brentford.
0: Actually, for um, so now, you played the, the, the championship champions as well, so you've, you've yeah. covered all bases
2: there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, look, tricky start. Tricky start all in all. Um, you know, Norwich play attacking football, but I think we nullified them in the first 20. But the longer we went on without a goal, I think you could feel the tension building. Um, you know, so it was good. We put in a really good second half performance. Um, he seemed to switch it up. He went from a four, two, three, one to a four, three, three, and we looked a lot more fluid. Uh, we created a lot more chances. So, you know, that might be the way forward, especially against teams like Norwich at home. So we're up to get that, that first victory under the belt. That's for sure. Um, a lot of strong performances by the top four, particularly, you know, um, City winning away from home at at Leicester never easy to go there and get and get a result. Um, obviously, Liverpool I thought dominated start to finish. Look really impressive. Chelsea were good as well. Uh, another clean sheet, a brace for Lukaku, and um, I think United as well. After a relatively slow first half, um, I thought they were a lot better in the second half and and got into full flow. So. Some really strong performances, and you can already see the the table taking a bit of shape. Shout-out to Everton as well, by the way, moving into the top four now. Um, a great start for Rafa. I think he really needed that, considering the circumstances. So, um, yeah, some strong performances, and you know the, the Premier League is, is back in full effect, so
0: loving it. Awesome, Wade. I appreciate that commentary around uh, Arsenal and obviously taking that step, which is a good segue to kind of bring in their... Would I call it their noisy neighbours, Spurs, who have uh, been sitting on top of the log while Arsenal were at the basement, being completely dismantled by, might I art, a ex-Arsenal player, legend and custodian in Patrick Fiera. What a way to bring up your first win against, um, arguably, what would have been one of your biggest rivals as an Arsenal player. What do you make of that uh, performance by Palace Rudds and... Uh, more importantly, is Vieira actually going to steer the ship in the right direction?
1: Well, I hope so. I hope so. I really like Vieira. Um, you know, I think um, not controversial for me to say. I think um, we need more managers of color in the league. Um, so with Vieira there, I hope he does well. So I'm not. I'm not he's, you know, there's no rivalry for me wanting Vieira out. I think uh, long may may his winning streak continue as long as it's not against United. That was probably the performance of the weekend for me. Um, given where Crystal Palace were, um, they dominated that game. Even before um, there was a red card. So I mean that that Tanganga red card that was that was silly. But before then, you know, you watched that first half, and you know Spurs were top of the table, but it didn't. It was a false position because they have not been playing well. Right, um, they've been getting that. results, and, and you know you can say probably, you know it's a mark of a good team to get results when you're not playing well. But this was more of a trend. So um, right. you know the way Nuno played at Wolves, there's a lot of similarities. The fans weren't happy at him at Wolves. You watched that game, that first half, um, particularly, you know there was no threat whatsoever from from Spurs. Nothing. You're like, what's going on? You know I I've got Katie in my fantasy team, and I'm like, no, this is a flop. You know, I, I, just, he, he had no touches in the box, no chances, no shots, nothing. So um, he was playing so far away from goal. And, and it, it, I think it can bounce a setup. You know, you're playing Hoiberg, Skip and Winks in the middle. Um, you know, if you're taking out... Um, very, some, uh, very
0: stagnant yeah, midfield, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're taking Sun out from that team because he's injured, fair enough. But then you're putting on a defensive midfielder in that place because Deli Alli is always playing anyway. So, um, you know, just that set-up. And and, and maybe be that Wolves mentality from Nuno where he would, you know, play cautious in the first half and then go for the game um, later on. It's something that's worked for him well, obviously, in terms of what they've done. But obviously, the, the expectations from Spurs fans will be, better, will be more because he's got a bit better assets he's got better quality of players so he's got to be doing more um but wow palace were good um that 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 kid gallagher and what he was doing with you know he he was causing them all sorts of problems you know he's, he's looked sharp for a few weeks but i think that was probably his best performance he's not he's not great um with his shooting i think as a, a few times the composure's not there but in terms of just being a threat, just being a nuisance in the back four, getting on the ball, he picks a lovely pass all the time. Um, you know, he's, he, the running in behind, the movement, fantastic. Energy. So, energy. the energy, energy. adds loads of it, loads of it. So I think he he was good. Zaha was good. Um, so that was uh, that was fantastic performance. Um, besides that, the other probably stand out. Obviously, I mean, White spoke about Leeds. Uh, I'm sorry, Leeds and Liverpool, and that was a fantastic performance from Liverpool. Um, the United second off, um, and the goals four-one I, I, probably flatters United. Um, I, I think um, you know, especially I think Newcastle were really good. Um, they put up a fight, um, but they they never have the legs in them. I think the um, the longer the game was was going to go the 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 higher the chances of united scoring a few so uh, i think that went to plan but what i was really impressed by was the um sorry the man city and Leicester game so you know everyone looking at that game you're thinking wow there, there's one where where you can see man city dropping points and you know they put up i I watched that game and that was a hell of a performance i watched the replay of that game and 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 well you know you, you look at that and you, and you think Man City are going to be at the, uh, guaranteed contenders. Like you know, this is why they win leagues because they go away to these tricky ones. why they're in the best, yeah. And 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 you you know doesn't sound like much one 0 no, but you know there are a lot of lot of people looking to say oh that's going to be a sticky one for 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 Man City. Um, I'll touch on Chelsea just quickly and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Connell. Um Chelsea were impressive that in the sense that. They did not play well. Aston Villa was so good in that first half. Aston Villa went toe-to-toe uh, with, with Chelsea. Um, but Chelsea just looked like they in second gear, like they're cruising and they can just kill a team. Um, Mindy had to pull out quite a few big saves. Um, Mindy was really busy in the first half and Aston Villa probably deserved something in that first half, but Ch- Chelsea look a bit, a bit like... Uh, um, the writings on the wall in terms of
0: what they can achieve this year. Yeah, some great, great, great points there, Rudd, especially around the Palace game and how they pretty much, you know, took took Spurs to task in every department from minute at one. And, you know, a complete changeover from when I guess they were coached by Hodgson, who was maybe slightly more conservative. It seems as though Vieira wants to play a front foot style it didn't look like it was working and maybe as uh, as viewers we kind of got ahead of ourselves going oh they look like they're in trouble two games in we already this is the nature of the the world we kind of live in we already uh questioning managers after such a short time but look it's a great win by spurs i thought they were really impressive and uh, sorry by palace i thought spurs were absolutely dreadful um and looked absolutely toothless going forward as you pointed out but um i wanted to ask uh, Everton are now fourth and Brighton are sitting sixth. I'm one impressed on one hand with, with Everton because you've obviously got I think a renowned manager there in Rafa but Brighton up in sixth is really starting to to pave the way. Is Is Potter's work over all these years finally starting to come to fruition? I've always thought they were a brilliant team just unlucky and could not score the goals required or is this just a bit of a run of luck that they're on. A bit of a lucky run that they're on at the minute and the wheels will eventually come off for Brighton.
1: Yeah, I think... I, I think it's... Um, there's a bit of luck in it, um, but you make your own luck. Brighton play good football and, um, you know, there's a couple of games now where they've scored scored late on. You know, the trust side goal was quite late um, and um, was it the before the international break where um, his subs came on to, to make the difference. So, um I'm not sure they stay in sixth. Um, I think they probably will drop down. But I enjoy watching them play. I think they play attractive football. But what happens is when you do when you do play that football, does leave you vulnerable when you play the better teams. That actually one of the teams that I've been impressed with, but the table doesn't show it, is, is actually Wolves. So um, you know you look at who they've played. They played Leicester, um, and that was a that was a close game. Um, they lost one nil. Um, but it could have gone either way. They then played Spurs and they dominated Spurs um, so much. So I think there was about twenty-five shots they took in that game. They had countless chances. Loris was man of the match, um, and they lost to a penalty. They played United and they had massive chances there. United got away with one there. They massively outplayed. Um, so they were sitting near the relegation zone without a win. So for them to um, for them to get their win um, this week. I think they look strong. I can see them being at least a top ten team, so I think they 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 are another contender um, for that top six spot. So it's going to be tough for Arsenal. Um, with a lot of teams, you know, you got Everton, West Ham. I'm throwing in Wolves in that mix. You got Leicester, Spurs. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. Wait,
2: Pretty cool. Big call with the Wolves one. Um, they have had a good start though. They're playing some nice stuff. I'll agree with you there. Just before I talk about Brighton, I also want to get a word in about Vieira. I, I don't think you guys thought you were g- I was going to forget about that, didn't you? <laughs> well, I was
0: waiting for no, you, you to... to chime in at some point. obviously. We're talking about an Arsenal legend.
2: Now I have to give a shout out to Vieira. Obviously, we we did a segment last week about which manager we thought would be sacked, and I don't think Vieira was right up the top for all of us um so i'm i'm stoked to see him get that victory still unbeaten against spurs by the way i just want to throw that in there um (laughs) uh, amazing amazing so great to see uh great to see that continuing a big shout out to Odson edward as well um i mean what a dream debut scoring two minutes into his um his first game in the premier league he's a striker that we were linked with throughout the summer so He's someone I had a close look at. Very good young striker, good finisher, good presence uh, in the box. He's quick. So, you know, if Vieira can attract those sort of gems, those young French guys, you know, Crystal Palace could be in for some exciting times, which is strange to say now, because I think last week, after the way they started, we were probably all thinking a little bit different. So... Um, I just wanted to throw that in with Vieira. Really happy to see him get that win and 3-0. Like Rudd said, um, I, I think the, the league flattered Spurs. Uh they were lucky against Wolves. They probably, probably should have lost that game, really. Wolves dominated the game before. So, um, this one was a, it was a no-show, complete no-show. I think that zero attempts at goal in the first half. So, um, a great performance by Palace. Um, Brighton, we had a chap offline last week, guys, and I think, one of the things we discussed was which team could be a surprise package this year, and I think we all had Brighton pretty high up there. Um, you know, watching them last year, played some magnificent stuff. I mean, playing out from the back, nice and calm. You know, their fullbacks push high up. I think if their finishing was better last year, they would have done a lot better in the league. They would have finished much higher. Um, so I'm not surprised to see where they are. Will be obviously tough for them to maintain it. I, I don't see them getting a top six, but I don't think top eight is out of the question for them. Maybe even pushing into that seven spot and and getting that European place, which would be amazing um and I think Graham Potter is a manager who stars on the rise you know they have a good good season this year. I'm actually surprised Spurs didn't look at someone like him I don't remember his name being mentioned with the job um he would have been a a great foot there you know he's a guy that can come in take over a project, put his stamp on a team and they've got they've got nice young attacking players there, so it would have been interesting if he if he had a shot but I think he stars on the rise. So you know, if Brighton have another good year this year, um, you know, a big club might come in and snap him up. So I'm I'm happy to see Brighton uh, up there. They play they play excellent football. One of the most exciting teams to watch on their day, and I give them a lot of credit as well. Because regardless of who they're playing, they maintain that style. You know, they want to play ball. They want to be on the front foot. They don't sit back. So a lot of credit to
0: Graham Potter, and you know, I think they're going to have a good season this year. Awesome, awesome. And just really quickly around the grounds, uh, I might start it off, but I will go with team of the week for me. Um, Very, very, very close. But I I am going to give it to to Liverpool. More at the fact that they did go away to Ellen Road. And I think about last season's result there. was a one-all draw. Um, So I'll give it to Liverpool just because we completely dominated that game from start to finish. Player of the week... (laughs) You know, I was probably going to give it to Salah for the 100 goals, but I'm actually going to give it to the Crystal Palace striker that came on and scored a double with uh, 15, 20 minutes left in the game. I thought that was phenomenal, and I thought he looked like someone they've been missing for a very long time. In front of goal, bang, he shoots, he scores. Simple as that. So that's my player and uh, team of the week. Rudz?
1: Look, I can wax lyrical about Crystal Palace and give it to anyone else. So I think uh, team of the week for me is definitely Crystal Palace and what they've done. Um, player, um, we're gonna touch him later. It's got to be Ronaldo for me. Um, so, and the stage was set. Um, wow, what a
0: surprise know. that is!
1: <laughs> stage was set for him. You know, will will he succeed or fail? And he came through and he banged a couple of goals in. So I um, will touch him a bit later. But that's that's my player of the week.
2: Yeah, I'm uh I'm on the same page as as you, Conor. I think it's it's hard to look past Palace. I mean, you know, after the start that they've had, um, it was looking bleak, you know, everyone was already questioning the manager. Coming up against the team who wasn't top of the table. I know we just mentioned they probably didn't deserve to be there, but still they were. Um, you know, they were top of the table. So uh, I think to to get that victory uh, in the style that they did, in the manner that they did, um, a completely dominant performance, complete shutout that have to be my team of the week. And uh, same, Otten, Otten Edouard again, uh, you know, young kid coming into the Premier League, uh, making his debut, first touch of the ball, scores a goal, ends up getting a brace and they win 3-0. I mean, you know, you pay someone to write a script like that. So um, I'm on the same page. It's Palace and Edouard for me this week. there you have it, folks. Your pundits
0: have selected their performance by the team and the player of the week. Now, let's head into our next segment that everybody loves, the analysis corner. Okay. So we are back here again for another segment of the Analysis Corner where your pundits dig deep into some hot topics around the grounds. This week, we've got two major topics that we want to discuss um, and hopefully see what what everyone's views is of these uh, particular segments that we're talking to. First off, we have to start at Old Trafford and the return of none other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, I might kick us off here, gents, and just just pave pave a way of what have I learned over the weekend. Um, Well, one thing I've learned is that Ronaldo is an absolute godlike figure at Old Trafford. And I've never seen such hysteria in all my life for a player returning um, to a club. I think uh, what I saw in terms of atmosphere at Old Trafford was something I've probably never seen. Even in their heyday when they were winning titles, I don't think I've seen that atmosphere. It was just absolutely ludicrous. Um, it came alive. Um, so they experienced what Anfield is like on a weekly basis, which is good for United supporters. Um, I think what's clear is Ronaldo will score goals. You know, I mean, that that's nothing I've learned. But goodness me, I don't rate any of the two goals that he scored. But that man will score goals as simple as that. Um, and there's probably more to come from him in terms of the quality. Um, for me, though, I think overall, if I just analyze the whole performance of United, the first half, I thought it was give or take pretty even. In fact, I think Newcastle probably had the better half chances. Um, but I think the game to me highlighted more about what United's flaws are than what their their strengths are. You know, I look at the susceptibility on the on the counter. The fact that they were quite wide open in in the wide areas, um, and particularly in front of the defense, um, in front of Varane and uh, uh, Maguire, and I thought the young kid Sancho too had a had a tricky. He looked he looked in moments to be good, but I thought there was a lot of turning back and passing backwards. But specifically targeting or uh, talking about Ronaldo, that man's effect on a team is is quite instrumental, and I think United have signed a player that will get them the goals that they potentially um, need to push even further up their table. Now, I take last season as an outlier um, for them finishing second. But I think with the hot contest with Chelsea, Liverpool and and City being there, I think Ronaldo really puts them in that conversation. So, interesting. Uh, I'd love to obviously hear what you guys have to say. I might start with Wade because I know... uh, Rods is chomping at the bit to have his uh, Ronaldo love fest. So we'll start with Wade before we give it over to Rods. Yeah, look, I think most people would agree
2: that um is not the, the same player that he was when he left United or, you know, the same player that he was at Real Madrid either. Um, but in saying that, he's still one of the best forwards in the world. Um, I like comparing him to LeBron James. Similar age
0: profile, similar stage of their careers, Um you know, both arguably the best to do it in
2: their uh, respective fields. But I don't think neither of the powerhouses that they once were, you know, the type to um, single-handedly dominate the best teams in the league on a regular basis. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see that. Um, but one thing we'll definitely see from Ronaldo, and you touched on it there, Connell, is he's going to score goals. Um, I don't think he needs to be that guy anymore um, that he was in his prime because... There's plenty of quality around him, you know, when you look at that team and the chances that they create and attacking football that they play when they're on the front foot. So, um, you know, if he can do what he did against Newcastle, which is uh, score goals um, in big moments, uh, I think he's going to have a very successful time there. Um, I wouldn't say I learned too much because I think Newcastle was probably about as perfect the first game as um, he could have hoped for. You know, I think they were there for the taking. They haven't had a good start to the season. They, they seem a little bit all over the place at the moment. They're one of the teams that we spoke about potentially going down this year as well. Um, so time will tell. You know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll learn more when they start playing the, the bigger fixtures, um, and the real tests come into place. So we'll see how that goes. But one thing it does do is add a lot of pressure on Ole. Um, I think with the team he has now, when you look at Varane, Bruno, Pogba, Ronaldo, those are world-class players. You know, so uh, if anything, it's time for him to deliver now. Um, I think that kind of when you have that kind of punch in your in your team, it has to translate to success. Um, I think another trophy this year would be a failure. Uh, I think he's got to deliver now. It's three years and and spent a lot of money and still no trophies, but. Look, when you got a player like Ronaldo, who's a serial winner uh, in your ranks, um, obviously the team's going to be much better off. And you know, I think the Premier League as a whole is better off having Ronaldo in it. So, I'm looking forward to see how it all plays out. Um, It it adds another script to, you know, what's going to be an interesting season already. And you know, it's a strong start. They've they've made a strong start. So have all the other teams. And it looks like it's going to be a close, close top four finish this year. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be interesting, but a, a, a great start for him. You know, he delivered, so you've got to give credit to the guy for that.
0: And Raj, just before you jump in, I want to give you a couple of stats here, just to, just to really stoke the fires here, just to, to paint a picture of what Wade has said, and I guess to see what your views on this are. So, six of the last 16 games versus Newcastle, um, United have scored four goals or more. So, basically, every two and a half games, you score four goals against them. Newcastle have only won two of those games. In the last four matches versus Newcastle, you want to take a guess how many times the scores ended up
1: 4-1? Three times?
0: That'll be three times. Yes, correct. The other one ending 3-1. And, you know, I've seen some, some stuff out there, you know, people waxing lyrical about Ronaldo and, oh my God, the goals and, you know, that's what he does and... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, is it fair to say that you would have probably won this game with the same scoreline with another player potentially scoring those two goals?
1: Yeah, very much so. I think um, there's a few things. Ronaldo coming back, first game, perfect opponents. Um, you know, But he's still going to put the ball in the net. You know, you're still going to... If Ronaldo plays a game, he doesn't score a goal. You know, then we're talking about, is he the player for United? You know, the, the, the whole narrative will change. He had yeah, to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Whether, whether they... Were tap-ins, and you know, even you looking at that performance and the goals he scored, United never have those goals in the locker last year. You know those poaching goals, those those anticipation, that experience where you know perhaps it Cavani, but he wasn't on the field enough to do that, to show that. But Greenwood takes a shot in the first half at the end, and as he's taking the shot, Ronaldo's making the movement already. The defenders are, are, are flat-footed. You know. That, that wasn't in our locker last year. That, that's what he adds. So, you know, he, he talked about the hysteria. I've had people who, who know how much I love United. I haven't spoken to him for years. And all of a sudden, they jump jumping back on. Uh, you know, they, 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 they don't watch. They, they probably still think, um, you know, Ryan Giggs is still playing. Um, but all of a sudden, they're back on the Ronaldo bandwagon. Sounds so,
2: like, uh, it sounds like typical United fans, glory answers. <laughs> but
1: uh, that's all right. Well getting lot I guess. That aren't even so, like they're not soccer supporters, but they, they wanted to see what Ronaldo can do and what Ronaldo's about. Um, and you're it, not it was, wrong,
0: you're not wrong. And, and I had a lot was, of friends, I had a lot of people that I'd not watched soccer in many years going, Ronaldo's back, I'll be watching. Yeah, it, it's yeah. insane, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so you know, the hysteria was massive. You know, um, I agree with you in terms of Old Trafford uh, pumping. Um, I've never seen that. I, I think there's been years where probably the closest would be maybe um, 1999, um, you know, back in, that's probably the last you would, would have seen Old Trafford like that. Um, so, I mean, uh, what a week. Um, you know, I think um, I'll touch on something that, that Wade said about, you know, if, if Oli doesn't win a trophy, um, it's a failure. Now, Oli can win the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup and finish outside the top four. That's a failure. United have to challenge with the league. I don't care if they win a trophy. Um, if if they finish one point off the, the league title, if, and, and, and you know I, I don't see that as a failure because they fought for it. But if they win a crappy cup, um, a, a crappy trophy, you know the trophies you're talking about, the Champions League or the Premier League, right? Um, they're not favourites for either competition, so I don't think it's it's fair to say if they don't win those, if he doesn't win those two comps, it's a failure. But what you what it is fair to say is if he's not challenging in those two comps. And that's a failure. So he's got to make sure he's challenging on those fronts. Um, the pressure's on him. Um, and he said, look, I'm at, I'm at United. The pressure's on. The pressure needs to be on. Otherwise, I can go back to Norway or, or take a mid, mid-table job where the pressure's not as intense. So, um, you know, fantastic the pressure's on him. I think in terms of um, the performance, you know, we, we know the defensive midfield um, is... Is a position that we we're looking for with or without Ronaldo. Um McTominay coming back adds a lot of legs in the middle. Um even Fred does a lot of covering. I know probably he he didn't have a good game against Wolves, but he does do a lot of work and he's more mobile than Matic. Um but there's a couple of performances in that game that I've gotta gotta praise very highly. Varan, the way he anticipates, the way he delays his tackle, you know, he adds so much more. He is a Rolls Royce. In terms of what we've had in the back um, over the last few years, you you can see the quality of the man. And wow, Pogba. Pogba has been exceptional. Um, And he he continued that on the weekend. I think um, he ran that game for us from the middle. His range of passing is is so good. Um, It's a joy to watch that block. Um, So so a lot of takeaways for me from that.
0: Um, I just want to play on that note a, a soundbite from one of our biggest fans actually uh, all the way from from Durban former Peter Maritzburg resident Grand Fries. and he's a huge Man United supporter uh, right so much like you he irritates the living daylights out of me with these daily messages about uh, a lot of things United and this is what this is what he had to say Colonel, I'll
2: say this again I've said this to you soon times even if you had it messy to United team now with Ronaldo we can't win the league with this manager uh, I was not impressed with the, with the coaching the tactics and the performance of that team I, I wasn't impressed with
0: the team, but it was nice morning, but... <sighs> so clearly uh, not very happy with Ole as the manager which is a, a topic we've discussed before and I mean uh, we might just touch on it very briefly yeah um do you say, share those sentiments or do you think that Ole can bring the title on?
1: Yeah, look, um, 12 months ago at this t- same time, I thought Ole was a dead man walking. I think we had dropped three uh, dropped points in f- our first three games um, or three of our first four games. At that point, I was like, look, Ole's Ollie, not up to it. However, he turned things around and he deserves to be in the job. Uh, he deserves to get the shot, whether he is... Or, or can or cannot do it, it's for him to prove this season. So um I've got no issue with him still being at the club. I got um I've got total faith with him in him, but the pressure's on. You know, if 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 he can't deliver then, you know, then you can then I'm happy with fans like um Grant calling him out. Um and there'll be more and more of them. There there were always fans like him. I think there was a lot of fans who say, you know, you shouldn't be losing in semifinals. You shouldn't be losing in finals. Um, you know, you should be sacked for that alone. Um, I think that's a, that's that's a little unfair. I think um, it's really about what he does in the league and what he and, and how he can progress the team. So uh, I'm not as as harsher in that in terms of the tactics. Um, United with our have always been built for to play on the counter, to play um, on the, on the fast break. And when we are playing with teams that sit with the low block, um, it does become um, a different type of game. Um, There is a lot more patience. He tries to, so he doesn't play with speed. So you you can't compare watching United to watching Liverpool or watching another team. It is a a slow build up, a a, a side to side, try to find it because he knows that the range of passing that Pogba and Bruno Fernandes has is exceptional. Um, there were a number of times, uh, there was one in that first half, Pogba put the ball straight through, um, Bruno Fernandes ran through the back of the players and he tried to flick on the head instead of perhaps putting on his chest. And that uh, chest he had in locker to put it down, scored that goal. Um, so that that passing in that range was fantastic. There's a few times where, where Bruno found Cristiano as well, but moving side to side, finding the gaps, playing it, that's what Olive likes to do, patient build-up. It's not unusual. It's not. Un- it's not. It's not dissimilar to what Fergie did. I think it's. It's a misconception that when we played under Fergie, that every game was attack, 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 and it was all fantastic football. There were plenty of stinkers under Fergie. Um, so I'm not as harsh as he, um, on Ollie as, as your mate there.
0: I I want to stop you there, Rod, right, and hand it over just to wait for a final comment there. Do we as uh, do we as rival fans sometimes expect? of United, what we see or what we have seen in the last few years from Liverpool and City. And is that a a bit of an unfair assessment given uh, potentially the way in which they set up? You know, sometimes I look at United and, and I look at Saturday's game and I go, I want to see the running, I want to see the move, I want to see this quick play. But it's this, you know, slow sort of pedestrian at times to me watching... This is not a, a disrespect to United, but it's a it's a pedestrian type of game at times when I've watched Liverpool or, you, or City. Wait, do do you feel we we maybe are a, a little bit harsh on United's performance, or do they have the attacking threat to play a bit more of an expansive game?
2: Um, I, I guess there probably is an element of that because you know we have seen them being so successful for such a long period of time. So I guess subconsciously you expect them to still be up there. But I also think when you look at the money that they've spent since Fergie has left and, you know, it hasn't translated to success, you know, success relative to United anyway. You know, I think three years to manage it to be at United for three years and not win anything. I understand challenging for the, for the league and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, I do agree with Raj to a certain extent that, you know, if they maybe miss out on the, the Premier League by a couple of points this year, then it's not as bad. But, um, I just think that then you need trophies when you're at United. You, you have to be lifting silverware. And I think it's not just the, the fact that, you know, we, we do, um, you know, we, we do look at United and we think of success and everything that they've done in the past. It's also the money they've spent. They've spent a load of money. Ollie's spent a lot of money, you know, and to not have anything to show for it, um, I think is a big indictment on him. So I think if it wasn't for Bruno coming in, um, I think Bruno really turned that team around. I think if yeah. Bruno doesn't come in and have the impact he does, I don't think Ole is gets that extension, and I think they go in for a new manager.
1: Yeah, I just touch on something just before we move on to the next subject. Um, you know, United have spent, but you know, you've got an exceptional team in Liverpool, and and they have been outspent by both Chelsea and Man City. So it's not as if they are spending, and everyone else is is you know sitting on their heels you know it's a competitive league these teams are already ahead of us and they continue to spend so that gap was there so we've got to close the gap and as long as the gap is closing and you can see that then that's why you know you can see why he's getting the time
0: well, there you have it, folks. A great way for Rudds to close off that segment saying that Liverpool have won the league and Champions League on a peasant's budget. You've heard it here first on the What the Football podcast, which is a great segue to none other than a Liverpool, uh, great in some eyes, um, a man that splits opinion maybe outside of, of the Liverpool fan base, Mohamed Salah. Um I'm going to hand it over to Wade to give us an assessment here, but I do want to just throw out a couple of numbers to your Wade and uh, a bit of uh, and put some mis- misconceptions to bed really early on. So, thirtieth player to reach the hundred goal uh, in in EPL uh, um, history, and the fifth fastest in history. So he sits only behind Alan Shearer, um, Harry Kane, uh, Sergio Aguero, and Thierry Henry. Now that is pretty elite company that he is keeping with. And also all strikers that he is uh, coming up against, um, it's it's a little bit crazy how some people outside of Liverpool don't value him um, to to what he actually is. And I just want to give you some stats here and maybe talk about what he could be. You know, I'll go on record and say that you know, aside from Messi and Ronaldo, who are in a completely different bracket of player to anyone on this earth, I would say. Salah, in terms of the positions he gets in and the number of chances he he has, is the closest thing if he finished those chances to ever reaching the numbers that those two set. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as them. Please do not quote me as saying that. I'm merely saying the number of chances that guy gets per game is ludicrous. And if he actually took all those chances, he would be close to those two guys' level. Now, the, the what it really highlights is how great Messi and Ronaldo actually are, because they pretty much score with every chance that they that they create. He is a winger, and he is also an, a misconception around his assists. So, who do you guys think, maybe really quickly, Wade, just tell me, who do you think that is the top assist maker in the last, since Jurgen Klopp has taken over from Liverpool? Who, who would jump to mind? Number one, assist king. Kevin De Bruyne. Ah, uh, sorry, at Liverpool. Oh,
2: at Liverpool, uh, yeah.
0: um, Mo Salah. Exactly. Mo Salah is actually top goalscorer scorer and top assists. He's obviously tied with Robo. Uh, this was going back to the start of the season with thirty-five assists each, followed closely by Trent. So the misconception that Salah is a selfish player is, I think, uh, a little bit, a little bit um, misguided in, in many ways. He's also the second fastest, um, or he has the second best goals-to-game ratio in the history of Liverpool Football Club. So he's, on, he's only sitting behind one other player. And if Salah does stay beyond the season, judging by the number of goals he scored, he will be in Liverpool's all-time top five list of goal scorers. So we're talking about a man that is right up there. And I'd love to get a view from, you know, to... Um, Outside supporters, an Arsenal and a Mank, to see what you guys' thoughts are of Salah and where you rate him overall.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, those are very impressive numbers that you've just read out there, Connell. And I think um, I think Mo Salah deserves a lot of credit for what he's achieved. Um, I don't think a lot of people would have predicted that he would have got goal, that he would go on to have the career that he's had at Liverpool um, when he came in from Roma. Um, I mean, the personal accolades, you just mentioned some of those numbers, all the trophies that he's won with Liverpool. Um, I think it's a testament to his ability, um, you know, to his drive and, you know, just to create and score goals and be that talisman for Liverpool that he's been over the years. Um, I think he came back to the Premier League with the point to prove and he's obviously endeared himself to the COP. Um, he was a little bit unfortunate to get let go at Chelsea. I mean, he was still very young. He had, I think he had players like Hazard in front of him and William in his prime. Andre Schürrle, I think, was still there at the time, just just came off a World Cup win with Germany. So, uh, listening to some comments from Mourinho, um, actually, I was just reading some comments from him, sorry, earlier today, and, you know, Mourinho was saying he didn't want him to go. Um, You know, a lot of people thought that Mourinho showed him the door, basically, at Chelsea. Um, But the fact of the matter is, Mourinho brought him into the club. He was very impressed when he saw him at Basel. Um, and by all accounts he was a monster in training. Um, you know, he, he was actually compared to Messi uh
0: in training actually. And Rods, what do you think of uh Sal? I mean uh Wade has raised some very valid points there. What's your, your take on the man as a whole?
1: Yeah, look, I think um I, I wouldn't have never expected him to, to do what he's done. Um he's so important to to Liverpool. I think um uh, You know, from a Liverpool perspective, you'd hope that contract situation um, gets sorted out. I think he's wanting to get paid um, top dollar, and he he probably deserves to get paid top dollar. You know, you don't score the amount of goals that you do, and if you're top assist, I mean, I'm surprised by the assist stat. Um, I didn't realize that, but just in terms of sheer number of goals he scores for Liverpool, um, you know, there should be breaking the bank to to keep him because I think he does have quite a few more years left in him um, so I think it' be um, a massive loss that they perhaps Liverpool wouldn't be able to replace if he was to leave um, you know I think Gerard is, is probably the best Liverpool player I've seen um, you know I can't speak to to, to the to the years before um, um, when I was probably still in dad's bags um, but um, you know I, I think I, I think uh salah uh, comes in as a close second to Gerard. um you know you've had some fantastic players you know we talk about suarez and 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 fernando torres and, and a host of other players but you know he'll go down as one of liverpool's best ever players in the premier league for sure
0: great analysis by our pundits there and a great way to to end our segment um that has brought to you a bit of insight on on two major players that will probably have quite a huge outcome on where the the top four ends and where the title um, ultimately ends up. Uh, So we're going to move on to our last segment, ladies and gentlemen, the one you all love, the one that everybody waits for. I know I get countless requests from our fans out there, Gerard champion, Brent Taylor, all the way from South Africa, Grand Prix loving the show. Um, They've all been stumped. Nobody has managed to get the actual questions our trivia master is asking. So, you know what, Rudz? With all that said, you know what time it is. It's time.
1: It's all about Mr. Rudds. Over to you, sir. Thanks, Connell. So, uh, just a reminder, we are one-one in terms of, um, you know, uh, who the heck is that? Um, but wait, sorry, Connell does have a lead in terms of um, guess the teammate. So, starting with who the heck is that? Um, as we as we know, we'll go through a number of facts. Um, and uh, as soon as you got a guess, you, you you throw it out to me, gents.
0: Taking it
1: <laughs> Taking it actually, I think it's a quite a it's quite a tough one. Um, if you know if you know the player, if you know a couple of stats, you might get it straight away. Um, or you might need to wait until um, i pretty much tell you who he plays for. Yeah. Uh, I'm
2: sure, the latter, uh, but... I'm Sure, it's that one exactly.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm born in Imbituba, uh, which is a coastal town in Brazil. I grew up playing there. Um, and learning to to play on the beaches of of Brazil. Um, Recallison? No. Uh, As a 13-year-old, having shown promise, I was enrolled into a soccer school within Brazil, and I had to move more than 200 kilometers away from home. Edison? No. Um, The owner of the soccer school um, had another one in Italy. So when I was 15... He invited me to move to Italy to play for the soccer school there. Um, I had to leave my family behind. Alison, for two years I all lived.
0: Brazilians, Alison. I did until I hit one. No, for two. I mean...
1: It is a Premier League player. I'd add that for two years um, I lived at five others um, in Italy um, on an allowance of twenty euros a week. Um, with what year that? Hell hell
0: was that years... Sorry, right?
1: I didn't say that, yeah, oh, so okay, I'll probably no, be no. 2008, um, 2008, around there. Yeah. Um, you know, every week I spent the allowance, my allowance, on the same way. Five not Bob, euros.
0: Not Bobby for me now.
1: No, no. Uh, five euros ago on my phone. Um, in terms of my mobile, six euros will go on a calling card that I'd use to call home and call Brazil. Um, three or four dollar, uh, euros will go on necessities, and the rest will be gone. Into the internet cafe so that I could um, um, spend some time um, on the internet. Um, having met another Brazilian, um, it quickly turned became Gabi apparent.
0: Montanelli.
1: No, it quickly became apparent that the agent was pocketing some money that should have gone to me. Um, so, no. Um, but um, after Bernardinho. No. Tiago Silva. <laughs> Just threatening that, no, 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 no. but I like, I like it, I like it. You guys guessing, are on the guessing. ball this week. You're on the ball this week. The most guesses uh, we've ever had. <laughs> after learning what the agents and what had happened, I was 17 years old at the time. Wanted to quit football, wanted to leave Italy, wanted to go home to Brazil, uh, but my mum was the one to convince me to stay.
0: Is this player um, still playing, right?
1: In he is still Premier playing League?
0: in the Premier League.
1: So. He is in the Premier League. Um, I was then promoted to, to the Verona senior team in 2010 um, and then sent out to loan to a team called Sambo Um I made 30 appearances for Sambo scoring one goal. I think they're in the Serie C1 um, or Serie D in Italy. no. Right. Um, nope. Uh, returning uh... to Verona... <laughs>
2: Oh, uh,
1: no. He plays for, for Everton. Does he play for Everton? No, he does not. <laughs> uh, retired to Verona, made my debut <laughs> on the 4th of September, coming on as a 76-minute substitute against Sosolo. Um In the 2012-2013 season, I earned promotion with uh, Verona into uh, Serie A um, after finishing second in Serie B. Um, in 2014, I moved to a bigger club in Italy. I won't tell you the, the club just yet. I um,
0: moved to a bigger club in Italy. Jeez.
1: But um, it was in a co ownership deal, so I was still owned 50% by Verona. The trophies I won in Italy include oh. <laughs> the Coppa Italia and the Super Copper Italiano. Um, in March 2016. No. In March 2016, I received my, f- received my first call up to my for my country, coming on in the last minute in the friendly against Spain that finished 1 1.
0: What, what year was that? 2016. Did you say the year? 16. So I no, made his 16. debut in 2016.
1: I scored my first goal for my country um, against. Poland. It's not Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Tell me it's not Jesus. Jesus. Not, it's not Jesus. Yeah, it's two uh, First goal was in 2018 uh, against Poland. Um, two dates, I've played 38 games for my country, scoring five goals. Um, what you thinking of? With two goals in 133 experiences. <laughs> you got me home.
2: wrecking my brain yeah. Yeah, my brain is going crazy. I moved to England in 2018.
1: 2018? 2018. In the 2018-2019 season, I was named in the Europa League. Squad of the season. In the 20, this is 2021. I was named in the Champions League squad of the season. In what? In what? In the year uh, 2021 season, I was named in the Champions League squad of the season. I was oh, named UEFA Men's Player of the Year 2021 in oh, June it's... this year. In 2021,
0: he was named the player... Oh, you're talking about Jorginho! Oh it is Jorginho! Oh, you know, like I was going to say that ages ago, yeah. I wasn't
1: thinking,
2: even thinking about him,
0: I have to so, be honest. So, because I knew that Italy have some Brazilian players, and I thought he was one of them, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot as so
1: you've come in that close to the end, so there were there a few more, there were few more things to go. Um, So I've won the European Championship and Euros in my country. <laughs> yes. I, I played for Napoli in Italy and I'm a Chelsea uh, player.
0: So well, the- I swear to you, when you said the guy moved to Italy, uh, the first name that came was Jujino, but I was like, I really don't want to sound like an idiot if this guy <laughs> <laughs> So Gugino. I knew
1: I'd throw you guys. I knew i you guys uh, with, uh, with a silly impact. So, so um, he chose to play for Italy ahead of Brazil. Good one. Good one yeah I was
2: I, I was thinking of uh, of Brazilians I wasn't even thinking of an Italian to be
1: honest I, I do like the way you guys are throwing answers. it does make me feel that uh, the next one you guys will get pretty quick um, so 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 we'll get straight into it so I'll just keep racking around um, with teammates and and you let me know who you think it is all right teammate number one.
0: Why do you need to step your game up here. Bro? Uh, I really do. <laughs> I really do, man. Jeez.
1: Cristiano Ronaldo. Dimitar Berbatov. Nani. Sergio oh, like Romero. Northryer. No. Sergio Romero. Anthony Martial. Nicolas Otamendi. James Rodriguez.
2: Carlos Tevez.
1: Nope. Luis Figo, Fabinho, <laughs> Alexandro, Deco, Hulk, Rahul Morales, Eric Abidal, Ricardo Carvalho, Jackson Martinez, Pepe, Yannick Carrasco, yeah. Benjamin Mendy, we're at the halfway point, churches. It's not
0: James Rodriguez. You said James Rodriguez.
1: I said him already, yes. Uh, so, okay, yeah, yeah. Ricardo Carisma, Camille Glick, Rui Patricio, Thomas Lamar, Danilo, Radamel Falcao. Joey Suarez? Not, no, it's
0: prim- no. not premier Garrett, Garrett all all the Premier League. Not
1: uh, Bale. Rahul Jimenez. Premier League Killian, player,
0: yeah?
1: Kylian Mbappe. Bernardo Silva. Not Pogba. Nope. Mangala. Luis Figo. He played bloody Luis
0: Figo. Good Lord.
1: William Jose. Uh,
0: Hal Cancelo.
1: Nope. Diego, Diego Jota. Flipping out he played with Luis Figo. He must be old as dirt. Ruben (laughs) (laughs) Neves. We've only got a few left to go. Pedro Neto. Oh, what a (laughs) Yes. So, um, there are a lot of Portuguese names in there. So, you played yes. with, um, with Deco and Luis Figo in the Portuguese national team. Um, he spent some time, obviously, so his, his um, trajectory came from Porto. Um, he then moved to um, Monaco. Um, so, that's where he played with uh, James Rodriguez, Jackson Martinez, and a few others. Actually, there's a lot of players that had come at that time. Monaco spent big. So they took a lot of their Porto mm-hmm. squad with them over to um, to Monaco, um, you know, and then he, he's come to the Premier League. So, Jean um, Matinho, it is so uh, one apiece, gents, one apiece again. Nice.
2: I needed, uh, I needed to get what one back, and I, I was under pressure like the Gunners, so you know. So I think you, you would when the pressure's on, on, boy.
1: I'm confident <laughs> you guys would have got it because you know we we're just going Wolves players after that, so you would have had to guess Wolves players. So we were going. Daniel Podence, Samedo, Conor Cody, Adam Torre, D and Roman Say. So hopefully, <laughs> when we got I to got the last one, there. you guys would have picked it. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, one nice one, Very good. Great way to end uh, another segment of Rod's Trivia of Who the Heck is That? And well done to Wade and Connell both sharing a point in that one. We'll uh, be sure to update you on those scores next week. So, we've moved into the final parts, gents. We'll give our closing statements, wrap it up maybe within a a two-minute period here. Tell the viewers what we're looking forward to this week. I know personally, it's obviously Champions League is back, baby. Massive game. I don't even know, but this is the first time that Liverpool will be playing AC Milan at Anfield ever, which I I had no idea when you consider the pedigree of the two teams in the European Cup. So, looking forward to that. And obviously, the next round of uh, Premier League fixtures...
1: Yeah. Um it's the first time AC Milan are in the Champions League for something like eight years, right? So yeah. um you know, that that's that's been a massive a massive gap for them, for them who are meant to be such a massive or the pedigree they have. Um like Connell, kind of I'm looking forward to the Champions League. Um I'll make the I'll make the joke about, you know, we, it'll be men against boys tomorrow morning. Uh, when you play when we play young boys. Uh um and then uh um, what
0: you did um and I just... <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um, um and then we've got a massive game. So we go we go away to West Ham this weekend, um and we get to see how uh, the boys go. If Ollie can keep his away record intact, um, you know, and, and what David Moyes has in in store for us. You know, we've got uh A lucky red card with Antonio out. Um, Silly boy. Um, So, um, a nice fixture for United on the weekend.
2: Yeah, well, Champions League is a distant memory for me, unfortunately. So, nothing of the sort to look forward to this week. But, now look, after getting our first victory against Norwich, obviously hoping we can back it up against Burnley. I think it'll be a a much harder fixture. They'll probably sit back as they do and uh, try and test us aerially. So, uh, it'll be a good test for us. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how our new guys get along. Um, Ramsdale was excellent in his first game as a gunner uh, after coming in under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, Tomoyasu, the Japanese right back we bought, was phenomenal as well. Um, looks like he's going to be a fan favorite. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing how the new team gels and, you know, hopefully Mikel can get, get some victories under his belt. And then, um, you know, if we can get those couple of wins going into Spurs just before the next international break that would be really good but uh, you never know with the Arsenal so for me um, yeah I'll just be biting my nails until Saturday night and um, yeah enjoy the Champions League boys.
0: We sure will Wade we'll think of you when we are playing in those uh, glorious evenings on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and of course the other teams that'll play Thursday and you have a lovely week off um, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining another episode of What The Football Podcast. It's been a pleasure bringing you another exciting episode with my co-hosts Wade and Ruggs. Don't forget to like us and check out our feeds on Twitter at WT underscore football. And of course, you can check us live on Facebook at What The Football Podcast. Um, we obviously are on all platforms across uh, the the media including Podbean, where you can check out our live episodes and, of course, on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts as well. It's been another great show. Until next week, we bid you adieu.